episode 82 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Good week for the Knicks this week. Good bounce back week after a tough start. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I, I don't always convey this uh, when I talk weeks, but I, I do tend to go weeks as far as show to show, you know, Thursday to Thursday that I do uh, throughout a normal work week because to be fair the 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 games before obviously the Knicks had gone through a bit of a slide after the strong start and we talked about that last week and it continued into the beginning of this this last three game stretch where you know the Knicks had made it five losses in a row a very difficult loss to the Cavs where again I I thought the Knicks let one slip away I, I thought it was a game the Knicks really could have won it felt like a game when when looking back on it and we'll you know we'll talk about the week that was we'll get to some of the covid concerns surrounding the Knicks going out west we'll get to some NBA news revolving covid and in general later on in the show as well but starting out with that Cleveland loss it felt like a game that was going to come down to the wire you know the first half was tight third quarter very close and going into the fourth, you know, it felt like a couple of Knicks were going to have to make some plays in order to get it over the top. And the Knicks just didn't make enough plays defensively, I thought, down the stretch. I, I, th- I thought that, you know, looking back, when you look at the bench production, obviously Emmanuel quickly was off the charts good, but not much else from anybody else off the bench And then when you look at the starters, listen, better game out of R.J. Barrett shooting the basketball. And Julius Randle had another phenomenal performance, I thought. But defensively down the stretch, and I thought even at times offensively, not good enough down the stretch for the Knicks. And and listen, in the end, a one-possession game. Knicks don't get it done. They dropped, at the time, to 5-8. And and I, I, you know, some concern did creep in. You know, I talked with a couple of people about it, as I do during this COVID time, where you have to kind of vent to people at times about what's going on with your sports teams now more than ever, because it's, you know, for guys like me, for gals like me, it's, it's what we got to talk about. It's, it's our, it's, it's the biggest thing going right now, besides work and family and things like that for a lot of people. So it's it's uh it was a concerning defeat i thought it was a game the knicks could have won it felt like a game that you know i i thought in the third i i thought in the third quarter the knicks really could have possibly given themselves a cushion going into that fourth quarter it didn't happen uh you know quickly was phenomenal and again that's going to be the theme of the show this week because a lot of people are calling for quickly to be the point guard uh as as a starter i i don't blame them and I kind of mentioned this a week or two ago, but, you know, if Alfred Payton keeps going down this path that he's been going down, you know, where he's turning the ball over, not giving you as much offensively, being a little bit lackadaisical at times with the basketball, not being a good decision maker on the offensive end and not really running the offense like we've seen at times where he can be very good. If he's not consistent enough, Emmanuel quickly is doing everything he needs to do to take that job from him. He's doing it right now. It's simple as that. And we'll get to that amazing performance in Boston. And we'll touch on the rest of the performances this week, including a big win for the Knicks over the Orlando Magic 
at Madison Square Garden as well. But again, you know, I thought the Cleveland performance was a tough start to this you know segment of the week because that felt like you know my thought after the previous game where the Knicks lost to Brooklyn was they just need to get a win ASAP to stop the bleeding a five game losing streak for a team like this can happen right the Knicks were flying high they were five and three they lost five in a row you know it, it Especially, you know, again, to be fair, two of the five teams are, you know, teams that we could be seeing playing very deep into the playoffs in Denver, and to be fair, without Harden and with a shortened roster, but Brooklyn as well. And they didn't have, they they just got Kyrie back. So it was one of those things, and and I was, sorry, after that game. So it was not a, you know, a peak Brooklyn team. But, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, so the Knicks lost. But... Yeah, it was the Charlotte game that was a bit of a concern. It was the OKC game where the Knicks did not shoot the basketball well at all. And and then in the Cleveland game, yes, the shot the shots from the field, you know, improved. Not bad from three either. And to be fair, they made their free throws. But it felt like defensively down the stretch, missed opportunities, and offensively down the stretch, just not making enough plays, you know, not being I don't know composed enough at times down the stretch the Knicks didn't do enough I I felt to win the game and Cleveland at home pulled it out and and listen this is a Cleveland team that's not going to be a pushover it feels like this season it's a decent team with very good front court players and they pulled it out you know and when the Knicks to be fair again Emmanuel quickly has a phenomenal game off the bench but when three of your starters don't score in double figures and when the other four off the bench barely combined for double figures it's it's a difficult task on the road to win an NBA game you got to play very well defensively and the Knicks did to keep themselves in the game at times but in the fourth quarter in a one possession game on the road it helps to have a cushion beforehand so you can avoid that situation because those are games that, that you can let slip late on and that's what happened it felt like I thought with the Knicks in this opening game against Cleveland you know, right after we, uh, right after we did last week's show. So, you know, again, it came down to the fourth quarter. The Knicks had a real shot going into the fourth to pull out a road victory and Cleveland just about earned it 106 to 103. And it was again, at the time, a difficult loss to take, but the Knicks rebounded. And I, I hope I can talk about this game for a good chunk of the show today because I was over the moon with the Boston performances, I'm sure many of you were, I was coming back from work, listening to the game on the radio, for a good chunk of it, probably from the end of the second quarter till the beginning of the fourth, actually midway through the fourth, listening to the game, driving home from work, and uh, dare I say appalled by uh, the, the performance from Boston, couldn't believe how poor they were, I think the 75 points they scored was a tied a, a tying low under Brad Stevens as an NBA head coach. Uh, not many negatives in a 30-point road victory, 105 to 75. Listen, the highlights were this. The first quarter was fantastic. The Knicks came out, punched Boston square in the mouth. 
they kept it up in the second quarter, maintained the lead. Actually, I think grew on the lead, if I remember correctly, going into halftime. And my initial thoughts, listening to the game and, you know, Ed Cohen, Brendan Brown, if you guys, if you get a chance to listen to them on the radio, they're phenomenal for the Knicks radio network. It's ESPN radio where they call the games. They're fantastic. It's a great, great duo, relatively new calling the Knicks games a couple, they're a few years in, but they're phenomenal. It's a great listen. And I enjoyed every second of listening to that game because not only were the Knicks crushing the, the, the Celtics, but the, the broadcast was great. And, and the third quarter, again, the Knicks put Boston away. Basically made the fourth quarter a non-story. And I, I thought Julius Randle shined again with a double-double, including four assists and three steals. You know, even got some threes from Reggie Bullock, who led the Knicks in plus-minus at plus 36. Goodness, I can't remember seeing a plus-minus that high in an NBA game. Mitchell Robinson had some memorable moments as well. Again, you know, to be fair, even in a 30-point win, a little underwhelming from Alfred Payton at times, but he was over he was outshined by again a great performance off the bench from Emmanuel Quickly, who scored 17 points, had 8 assists, and was running the offense like he owned the place. Boston at times didn't know what to do with Emmanuel quickly. It was impressive. Very impressive from a late first round draft pick that nobody thought was going to go in the first round. RJ Barrett was fantastic, I thought. I I thought that was one of his best games of the season so far. It really was. Great to see Obi Toppin in double figures as well. I think that was, that felt like a big game for him personally. Try to come off that injury and, and get right back into the fold. Again, some guys were underwhelming. I thought Kevin Knox could have been a bigger factor in the game. Didn't do a lot in 15 minutes of of action. And, you know, again, Austin Rivers, no points in 16 minutes. That's a little bit of a concern, but in a 30-point win, you know, it'll get swept under the rug. And and I thought, you know, again, despite only five points and four rebounds, that Nerlens Noel did his job. Two steals, two blocks. When When he's hitting all four of those stats in a game when he's got some points on the board he's doing his job on the glass and then he's doing the dirty work getting the steals and getting some blocks that's when you know he's got a good all-around game if he's checking off three or four of those a night he becomes a very valuable piece to the Knicks defensively he's he's one that we could be looking at down the road if the Knicks continue to be successful this season where you think "Ooh, that was a sneaky good pickup by Tom Thibodeau. It felt like at the time when the Knicks signed him, that that piece makes sense to what Tom Thibodeau is going to try and do, try to preach to the Knicks this season. We're starting to see that. We're starting to see that come to fruition. I wish we had seen a little bit more because um, the Knicks had such a big lead um, from the guys that played the garbage minutes. It would have been nice to see a little bit more from Iggy Brasdakis, but he, you know, three minutes, what are you going to do? I, really, for me, Den- I really wish Dennis Smith Jr. could have played more than four minutes. I feel like the opportunity was kind of there for him to play a few more minutes, maybe get a few more possessions. Didn't get a chance to do a ton. And then we saw only four minutes out of Theo Pinson. I'm not as worried about as worried about seeing. I really want, I, again, I know Emmanuel quickly has been great and Alfred Payton, you know, has been struggling, but it would have been nice to see Dennis Smith Jr. a little bit more in a blowout opportunity, give him a chance to maybe, 
who knows, you know, give you a performance, because he's still a young player, he's a young guy, so it would have been nice to maybe see him a little bit more, but in the end, it's all, you know, semantics, at least for that game, the big news, 105 to 75, I mean, wow, I, I mean, listen, and Brendan Brown said this very well on the broadcast, so I, it, it made it, you know, the, the the theme pop in my head. Every once in a while at Boston during the regular season, the Knicks will come up with this kind of a performance. This is not as rare as you would think, but it's the margin of victory that stands out. The Thibodeau defense that stifled, again, a, a slightly shorthanded Celtics roster, one that, you know, we didn't get to see uh, Jason Tatum, you know, and it was really, it was really Jalen Brown and everybody else for the Celtics the, uh, on this night in particular. Marcus Smart was poor from the field. Kemba Walker, I think, probably had one of his worst games as a Celtic. Three of 13 from the field, only made one of eight from three. And Tristan Thompson and Grant Williams were taken out of the game. Taken out of the game. The bench gave some boost, but but the game was long gone in the third quarter. Long gone. And besides Tice and Green, it, it was a bunch of no-shows off the bench from a Celtics team where you you usually applaud their depth. That's normally their key. You know, when their starters are not producing, they can go to the depth on the bench for help, and they really didn't have much to go to in this game. So, it because it was in Boston, and despite them being shorthanded, still who was available for the Celtics? It's still a good roster with some solid players off the bench. I mean, seven guys played off the bench. All of them can be impact, impact players for this Celtics team. None of them made a difference. The Knicks' defense was that good. And the Celtics only scored more than 20 points in one quarter. And that was the fourth when the game was over. It's a win worth putting in the memory bank and remembering later in the season. It really is. I was thoroughly impressed watching the highlights back when I got home and was thoroughly impressed listening to it on the radio, not getting to see the visuals, but... Way they were being talked about by 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 Ed Cohen and Brendan Brown, they they seemed as impressed as it lo- as it you know should say sounded on the radio. They were impressed, and they see the, they see this team week in and week out. They were shocked as well how poor Boston were, but they were just as impressed with the way the Knicks dismantled Boston on their home court. So the Knicks had a big opportunity to follow that up with a game. At home against Orlando, a team that's very close to them right now in the standings. And the Knicks delivered. Again, it was a, a game that I expected to go the way that it went in some ways. It was I expected this game to be low scoring. I expected the, that Orlando was going to stick around in this game. Orlando, you, you know, early season here, really could have used this win. And, and it felt like an opportunity for the Knicks to maybe lay an egg like they did uh, earlier on this season to start that five-game losing streak against OKC at home. And it started out that way. Very much a similar first quarter, rock fight kind of first quarter. 
The Knicks grinded it out. They took a six-point lead. The second quarter eased me tremendously. Very bad. I should say a much better second quarter in this kind of a game. The Knicks carried that momentum into a bit of a choppy third quarter. And despite 24 points from Nikola Vucevic, who's a Nick killer, kills the Knicks every time we play him. Aaron Gordon was fantastic as well. But despite all that, the downfall for the Magic, despite 19 points from Terrence Ross, nobody else in double figures for the Magic. 18 for Gordon, Vucevic had 24, Ross had 19. Nobody else had more than 6 points for the Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony was, was kind of poor in his Garden debut. The former Nick prospect, if you will, didn't really get much of a look as far as making an impact in the game. Was pretty poor from the field. The defense swarmed him. And really, this was the big difference in the game. This was the big difference in the game. Orlando was so inefficient from the field. They shot 30, 33.5% from the field. That was the difference in the game. The Knicks stifled them on the defensive end. And honestly, honestly, in the end, the Knicks backcourt, I felt, won this game. You know, Randall gave you his normal output. It was a better better game again from R.J. Barrett, who was really focusing on getting better shots, I thought, in this game. More efficient from the field. I thought he was much better looking for his shots. And then you get, you know, you get some threes from Reggie Bullock, which you hope can happen more often. But it was Peyton with 12, and then quickly with his 11, I thought were, were huge in this game. Five guys in double figures for the next, I felt that was the difference. More of the role players stepped up in this game. And despite, you know, Terrence Ross hitting some crazy shots and... And, and and some difficult plays that the Knicks had to make in the fourth. Julius Randle was big down the stretch, and so was R.J. Barrett. And the Knicks come up with a massive, massive victory. Making it two in a row, and gaining a little bit of momentum going out of this really tough four-game West Coast swing, which we're going to talk about in the second half of the show. I, I, I applauded the Knicks for that performance against Orlando. Could have been an easy opportunity for the Knicks to lay an egg and they grinded out a really tough victory against Orlando Magic team that, that's going to be around for a playoff spot this season. So to, to protect home court against a team that you might be fighting for, who knows, for a playoff spot if the Knicks can keep going on this trajectory, it's huge. It's huge. And for us to be, you know, going into this Warriors game and the Knicks could get back to 500, 16 games into the season... That feels like a win. That feels like a big win for the Knicks. But it's going to be tough, and we'll talk a little bit more in detail about that moving forward. And I do have to mention, we'll talk a little bit more about Emmanuel quickly and the Alfred Payton situation as well. The point guards coming back into focus a little bit here. Because again, you know, and I've heard it from you guys at times this week, specifically because of how well he's played, does Tom Thibodeau decide to pull the trigger? Does Tom Thibodeau think, Manuel quickly's becoming really, really good for us, being consistent, 
Is that enough to put his, push him over the top and make him the starter? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the four-game road trip and some COVID stuff going on with the Knicks and the NBA. All of that and more second half of the show coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Where to start? Second half of the show. I mean, it's it's positive this week. Again, I, I, I tried to restrain myself a little bit. I went really positive two shows ago, being really happy with where the Knicks were at. And, and then, you know, they were brought back down to earth with that five-game losing streak. And then it just kind of came down to when were they going to get that next win, kind of start turning things around. And, and they've gotten two straight now after getting off the schneid, as it were. Can the Knicks make it three in a row? We'll get to the the Warriors game. You guys all know the result of that game. It's going on actually right around when I'm going to record the podcast. So we're actually in the pregame stages of that game at the moment. So you guys will know how that game goes. I don't at the moment. So I'm doing the show with that in mind. So keep that in mind as you're listening to my points here. But I think the Knicks, the last two games, have shown again that they're up for the fight. And the defensive improvements that we've seen under Tom Thibodeau continue to shine, even in defeats. Even in defeats. We're seeing how good this Knicks team can be defensively. And that's the biggest thing you can show in the NBA. When when under Fisdale and under Mike Miller, we didn't see it at all. And I remember, you know, the doubts over hiring Tom Thibodeau and and whether or not going in a different direction was the right move. You can't teach experience when it comes to NBA head coaches on an inexperienced team. You really can't. Tom Thibodeau, again, we're only, by by the time you listen to the show, the Knicks will be 16 games into this season. There's a long way to go. So don't get me wrong. But if the Knicks continue on this trajectory... This is going to look, I mean, this hire is going to look amazing for the Knicks. It really is. Tom Thibodeau has already, in the early stages of this season, improved the Knicks drastically. He did it through the draft, where, you know, we're starting to hopefully, moving forward, again, Obi Toppin didn't play great against Orlando, didn't get a lot of time either, only took three shots. But we're really seeing how already... The pixie dust around Emmanuel quickly is starting to become contagious on this Knicks team. It feels like the more he plays, the more exciting this Knicks team becomes. And that pick's looking better and better. I remember on draft night being extremely concerned when it looked like the Knicks were going to take a foreign player that nobody had ever heard of. And when it turns out they had traded that pick for Emmanuel quickly, the night and the mood completely changed from negative to positive. And the Knicks have looked great for it ever since. So that brings me to this. When's the time to pull the trigger on an Emmanuel quickly starting job at point guard? This is tricky. Only for one reason. And you might already know the reason. You know, a lot of you guys that listen to this show, I feel like, know this team. You watch it a lot. You can see where I'm possibly going with this. The one reason I would be hesitant to pull Alfred Payton from the starting job. Is that, is Emmanuel quickly ready and mature enough to get starters minutes? It's different than coming off the bench. 
It just is. Different matchups, different personnel. Quickly's not always going up against the best players on the opposing team when he's on the floor. So when he gets on as a starter, not only is more going to be expected of him, but it's going to be more difficult because he's going up against better players on the defensive end of the floor, and he's going up against tougher opponents to attack on the offensive end. So this is, it, it's, for me, and I know this would frustrate a lot of Knicks fans in the past because, you know, this is not a, this is not a great franchise for the old wait-and-see approach. But this feels like a wait-and-see approach. This feels like, hey, give this another couple of weeks. Does quickly keep putting up these numbers? Does Alfred Payton continue to struggle? Is he, cons- is he inconsistent with his assists? Is he turning the ball over? Is he not giving you enough points on the offensive end? You know, is quickly starting to outshine him and, and doing it more consistently. Are the Knicks better with quickly getting more minutes than Alfred Payton? Because remember, Alfred Payton's getting 30 to 35 minutes a game. Right now, quickly is getting roughly 15 to 20 minutes a game. It's a big jump. It's a big jump. I I understand the 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 want, for lack of a better term, to jump the gun here and throw quickly into the starting lineup. It doesn't always work that way. The this feels like a, I hate, I, you know, maybe I, I actually like saying this, but it feels like, hey, trust the head coach on this one, which Knicks fans have not been able to say for a long time. But let Tibbs make this this call. I think he knows what he's doing with this kind of a situation. He's been here before. With, with other positions, with other teams, with similar personnel. I think this feels like a, you know, well, let's see if he keeps it up. It's only 15, now 16 games. If he, if we're talking by game 30, and Emmanuel quickly still doing this, and, and Alfred Payton's not gotten any better, we can really have this discussion a lot more seriously, I think. Maybe even sooner, who knows? Things change quickly, no pun intended, in the NBA. But one thing's for sure, if you're a Nick fan and you're not excited about Emmanuel quickly, you've not been watching this season. He, he's been phenomenal at times. He really has been. And he's had, to be fair, he's had his, his tough games, his rookie games as well. But the Boston game, he shined extremely bright. He was great at times against Orlando, I thought. And even against Cleveland, I, I thought quickly was phenomenal. Really, really good. So, I'm excited. I was excited when they drafted him. He was a guy that I thought if the Knicks had it, you know, again, the Knicks didn't get the point guard in the first round. They opted to go with Obi Toppin, the best player available. We'll see how that works out. But they needed to get a point guard in this draft. And the fact that they pulled the bait and switch that they did, first of all, and the fact that they've already gotten this kind of a production rate out of Emmanuel quickly, it's a great sign. It's really a great sign for this Knicks team. And I, I I think the last couple of games have shown you, in big games, he can come up big in big spots. He can do the job. He can be a part of it. You know, he hasn't had a signature moment yet, but but he's a guy in big games, you know, against against playoff caliber teams 
where he can make plays. And as a rookie, especially this early in the season, that's all you can ask for. It really is. He's already put up some great performances as a Nick. He feels comfortable. I think that's that's probably the first word I would describe Emmanuel quickly on the floor. Very comfortable for a rookie on the NBA floor. Very comfortable. Quick. Again, no pun intended, obviously. Quicker than I thought he was going to be in the NBA, but very measured as well. I, I think Emmanuel quickly is is really is really showing you what he's got. And it's very early on. Very, very early on. Ceiling could be pretty high for Emmanuel quickly if he keeps this up. It really it's really impressive what he's done. But that being said, Alfred Payton's a pro. We could see Alfred Payton go off over the next couple of weeks. Like he's got that in him. The only problem is he could be inconsistent. And we're we've seen that for you know the first 16 games of this season. Alfred Payton's not exactly been consistent scoring the ball and, and dishing out assists. He's had some good nights, he's had some mediocre nights, and he's had some pretty bad nights. No question about that. Which is why this talk is coming up. But again, remember, Manuel quickly is still a rookie. Give him some time to show you night in and night out. He can be the guy running this offense. And then I would revisit it. Maybe a week or two down the road. Maybe who knows? Maybe maybe sooner or later. I don't know. Well, we'll see. But but let Tibbs and the staff make that call when when they feel like it's time for quickly to run the show on Madison Avenue. I think that's kind of where I would leave it at the moment. You don't have to mix things up right now. See how it goes. And then, and then if we're, you know, a week or two down, you know, if we're going on this road trip and it's really poor from Peyton and quickly is, is showing you on the road that, that he's bringing it then maybe we can re- really dive into that conversation again. Speaking of the four-game road trip, the Knicks are going to be tested. No question about that. I mean, this is going to be a very difficult stretch. It starts uh, on the day of recording at Golden State. There's two games on back-to-back days. So very difficult start. Golden State on the Thursday, then the day the podcast goes out on the Friday, it's Sacramento on the road. Then two days later, Portland on the road. Then two days after that, it's Utah on the road. It's a really tough slate. I mean, three of those teams are in the conversation for the playoffs. I'd argue all four of them are. I mean, I I know that at times this season, I mean, listen, first and foremost, Portland's really good. Utah's really good. So again, those games are going to be tough. Golden State is showed you this season that they can win games. They're in a tough division, but they're good. They can win with Steph Curry being all by himself doing things. They're a good team. They've already picked up some pretty impressive wins this season, including beating the Lakers in LA. So it's a good team. Golden State is figuring it out without Klay Thompson. So that's not going to be an easy one. And then Sacramento, to kind of start things off, was off to a good start. I mean, I remember talking to a buddy of mine a couple weeks ago, and we were kind of going back and forth thinking, all right, you know, they've kind of come out and been inconsistent, but 
they're showing you that they can stop the bleeding and, and get some some solid wins. They've already beaten Denver twice. They've beaten Phoenix, and they've beaten Indiana. But the problem is, Sacramento's on a rough run right now, where they just can't seem to to hold anybody defensively. They got absolutely waxed by the Clippers. They got beat by a tight in a tight game by by Portland, tight game by the by the Pelicans, and then the Clippers waxed them again. So it's. It's not going to be an easy game because Sacramento's desperate right now. They're falling behind in their division where there's four other teams that, that could all easily make the playoffs. The two LA teams, Phoenix and now Golden State's shown that they, they're in the mix. No question about that. But Sacramento, and again, is a team that I thought could be in the mix for a playoff spot this year. I really did. And I, I they're not playing like it right now. Four, to lo- four losses in a row. They're de- they're going to be desperate for a win, so it's it'll, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. The Knicks have got to be ready to match that intensity in that first game, or I should say the second game after the Golden State game. So difficult stretch for the New York Knicks, no question about it. Four straight road games is going to really test this team, and we're going to see a lot about where they're at after this road trip is over. And it doesn't get easier after that, obviously. Cleveland at home. And then I think the Knicks welcome the Clippers after that. So it's a very tough stretch to finish off the month of January. But the Knicks can pick up a couple of wins, maybe a few here. Things are going to be looking very good going into February. No question about that. No question about that. Where, Where the Knicks could get some victories. There's some winnable games in February. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But for right now, work to be done after a solid stretch for this Knicks team. A couple quick headlines before we get out of here. You know, one thing that I know I was worried about for this Knicks team coming up is this stretch where they're consistently on the road. And, you know, considering the COVID situation right now, and hopefully with the new administration now in office, the COVID situation will be handled better. But for right now, you still got to worry about NBA teams. Can't, games are still being canceled every week, or I should say postponed every week. I mean, Scott Brooks came out and said he was happy that the Wizards game was postponed. I mean, there's you know, guys are worried right now, and rightfully so, about where things are at right now with the COVID situation in the NBA. So, listen, the Knicks are doing the best they can. It sounds like I've been reading multiple reports about what the Knicks are going to do as far as, you know, the the days they travel specifically, you know, going to, um, you know, specific cities on specific days. Obviously, the Knicks have not had to deal with the COVID situation yet this season. Um, The Knicks headed out west a day earlier than they normally would do. Um, the Knicks, you know, again, have restricted themselves to their hotel rooms. They can't go to local restaurants. Um, the dining spots, apparently that the NBA approves have limited their list. If not eliminated some and the team gathering spots have been limited as well. So the Knicks are doing all they can. It sounds like to try to keep this run going where they can keep playing and travel and and not get covid you know these are these are spots in california where they're hot spots right now that you can't really go any other way on that california for the last couple of months has has arguably been the 
the hottest of all hotspots for COVID. So, and, and the Knicks are going to be there for most of this trip. So the Knicks have really got to make sure that they're prepared for what's going up, uh, what's going to happen moving forward with this, with this trip out West. So again, I'm, I'm a little worried about it because this is not going to be easy. The Knicks have got to make sure they stay disciplined here. And I'll be curious to see, I'll be also hoping that when this is all over, this trip is done, that the Knicks are going to be, you know, okay, health-wise, coming back into the fold and coming back to, to Madison Square Garden for some big home games coming up. Home games against Cleveland and, and home a home game against LA, the Clippers. So just a, just a thing to, to make sure you guys are aware of moving forward if you're not already. You know, going into that first game against Golden State, it's a big game. And honestly, this is worth mentioning. I almost forgot about this, actually. Alec Burks, I believe, should be healthy uh, for this game against Golden State tonight. Uh, Dave, the podcast recording, you guys will know the result of this game. That's big for the Knicks. Get a little bit more depth on the bench. A guy that can, you know, has shown you this season he can score. Get you some points and, and... provide a bit of a boost no matter where you put them as a starter or possibly off the bench so i really am excited that he's going to be back into the mix for this game against golden state and again hopefully moving forward that's a big boost on a west coast swing to get somebody back healthy because on the west coast when you go on a long trip like this and same for west coast teams coming to the east because of the time zone difference and it's even more i'm sure tough now with the covid restrictions you need as many bodies that are healthy as you can get. And having an Alec Burks who's fresh and ready to go, that could be a, an X factor on this four-game road trip for the Knicks. That could be a really nice boost for this Knicks team if they're able to really integrate him back into this system. I'll leave you with one final thought, and it, this is just into the great-to-see category as well. Multiple articles this week talking about Julius Randle being in the all-star game conversation. Now, keep this in mind. You know, again, I'm not going to get my hopes up. It'd be great to see a Nick again in an all-star game. Don't get me wrong. But the NBA might not have one this year, you know, let alone a rising stars game or a skills challenge or my favorite event, the dunk contest. But... Julius Randle could be an all-star this year. The fact that that's being talked about shows you how well he's played this season and how well the Knicks have played so far through the first 15, 16 games of the season. So I think that's a nice little note to end on. Just showing you again the difference Coach Thibodeau has made in a year. He's got the defense playing extremely well. He's got a rookie in Emmanuel Quickly who's really lighting it on fire right now at times for the Knicks. He's got another rookie on the way. Hopefully, that'll start making an impact at Obi Toppin. He's got some veteran players who are making an impact. And he's got a guy on his team who's in an all-star game conversation. It's great to see. And there's other guys who are developing as well. So, things, things are looking up right now for the Knicks. 
tough four game road trip ahead. We'll talk about that on the next show. See how see how it went. Obviously, it starts with Golden State on the Thursday of the show recording, and then you guys will be tuned into the show and then getting ready for Sacramento on Friday. That's gonna do it for this week's podcast, guys. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys are enjoying the Knicks basketball over the last couple of games and hopefully moving forward out west. Thanks as always for listening. And guys, I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.